This is the Smooth Operator Podcast. I'm Adam Liette, Director of Operations for a seven-figure online business and eight-year veteran of Army Special Operations. On this show, we get into the tactical nitty-gritty of what it really takes to run a thriving online business because at the end of the day, operators lead the way. All right, welcome to the show, Smooth Operators. It's Friday. You know what that means. We have our interview Friday, and I have a very incredibly, I'm, I'm so honored on this uh, interview. I'm, I'm bringing someone on who I've worked with professionally. She's helped me so much in understanding not only how to be a leader in, in the business, uh, but really just she helped me understand a lot about myself. And when I came to her, I was, uh, we were at the point of scaling the business, and I was half broken. I I had just had this weight on my back for so many years. And she just, she, she helped me take it off my back, helped me see my true superpowers, helped me find my voice. And I just, I can't express enough gratitude for what she's done to me, done for me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And now I get to have her on my show. So this is like <laughs> doubly exciting. So I have Deanna Pacina with me. She's from Leading by Type. And uh, Deanna, thank you so much for joining us on Smooth Operator. How are you today? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be fun. We always had the best conversations before, so I'm excited to to dig in and see what comes up today. Oh, you were always the best at calling me out on my bullcrap, too, Deanna. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my it's my secret power. <laughs> it, it is indeed. <laughs> so I might have to edit. No, I won't have to edit this video. It's gonna be great. Awesome, Deanna. Well, tell us a little bit about your journey, how you came to this place and, and some of your superpowers. So in a nutshell, in a previous life before children, um, I have 16-year-old twin boys. And so before they were born, I was very much into my career and never imagined a world where I wasn't teaching all day long. And so I was a teacher. I was a school administrator. I was both a high school assistant principal and a middle school principal. And quickly realized when I was a principal that it was not what I was meant to do. And it was one of those things where I had been on this pathway where I felt like I was taking the next right step and the next right step and everyone else around me was progressing similarly. And so it felt like the right thing to do. And it just was a hor. not, I won't, I don't want to say horrible. That's, that's not true. It was a challenging time. I know you're, you know, military. Um, my husband was deployed to Iraq during that time. So it was just a really stressful time for me personally. And that spilled over into the professional. But also knowing what I know now, that type of a role is not a good match for my personality and for how I'm hardwired. So I can look back and provide myself a little bit of grace knowing that it's just not a good fit. It's not anything, doesn't say anything about me or the quality of my character. It's just not a good fit. And so from there, when our boys were born, military life took us all over the world. We moved five times in seven years. So that made it really hard for me, <laughs> made it really hard for me to find my groove. And so I found my way into the online space during that time. And when we finally moved back to the United States, I got certified as a Maxwell team, leadership team member, which is through John Maxwell. And so that is what led me to my DISC certification. And then you and I met when I was working for someone else. And I tremendously, I, I learned a lot from that experience. 
and made the decision to leave that position to go back to school about a year ago. And here I am. <laughs> In Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh we met when she was working for Alex Sharfin. You guys mm -hmm. have heard Alex's name on this show before. Uh just made such a tremendous difference in my life. And I, I gosh, am I gonna promote someone else's podcast on my podcast? Yes, I am, because it's great. Listen to the momentum podcast, it's fantastic. I love what you said there, Deanna, and it, it's it you, you hit on it right right at the forefront, like knowing your personality and like how you're hardwired and what was the best fit for you. And like, how do we know our personalities? What type of tools do you recommend or have you found to be the best way of actually gauging our personalities and, and finding out more about ourselves? Well, so for me, there, there are two tools that I utilize. I obviously utilize the DISC assessment. And so the DISC assessment is a behavioral, behavioral analysis tool. And it provides us insight into how we show up in the world behaviorally. And it's something where you can observe it in other people, which is why I say that that's my superpower, because when I know your disc profile and I can observe you, I can pick up on things that are going on because your, your disc profile tells me a lot about what's, you know, what's underneath or why you might be having a struggle or why there might be a problem. And then the, the Enneagram is a tool that I feel is more for your own personal development. It can help you understand other people, but it's a tool to help you really get to the core of what motivates you. What are your core fears? What are your core desires? What is it that you want from the world? Because it does affect how you show up, but I can't observe your motivations. I can observe your behaviors, but I can't observe your motivations. So to me, the DISC helps you understand yourself and others. And then the Enneagram is a tool that helps you really go deep and understand your personal motivations and why you might get stuck and repeat the same patterns over and over again. Mm. I love that because we, we all hit that point where you're, 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 you can only force yourself so much to do like, mm. We we tell ourselves these stories. We tell ourselves this. Oh, here's the person I'm going to be. Well, dude, that's not who you are. But mm -hmm. instead of trying to force a round peg into a square hole, like find out who you are. Find out what motivates you. And instead of trying to mold this perfect vision of yourself, lean into who you are because that you're, that's going to allow you to be your most authentic self. It's going to allow you to not fake the funk, not mm -hmm. fake it till you make it or anything like that. But really, just embrace what you already have inside you because we can't really run from that anyway like these these aren't things that really change or do they well you know your disc can change a little bit over time but it's influenced by heredity it's influenced by role models that you have before the age of 10 and then it's it's influenced by your experiences so it can be a little bit fluid, but it's not going to change that much over time. And your Enneagram is going to stay consistent. So you you brought up a really good analogy because this was something that I actually on my walk the other day was thinking that it matters who we learn from. Because if let's say you are a square peg, right? And you're trying to learn from somebody who's a round peg 
And they're really, really good at taking that round peg and getting it into that hole and making it fit perfectly every single time. But if you're a square peg, you're never going to fit into that, that round hole or the, you know, a triangle peg, whatever you want to say, you might be able to shave off some edges and try to, you know, fit it in, but it's not ever going to fit perfectly because it's not a good match. So if you're someone, for example, who is a high D on the disc profile, and you are trying to learn from somebody who is a high C, it's probably not going to be as good of a fit as if you had someone that aligned with you more so where you can see how they think and you can understand how they think and you can apply it because it's natural to you. You know, I've been in situations where I was in a job um, and it wasn't with Sharfin. So I want to just clarify that. But I was being asked to do sales and I was just like, oh, and I did it because it was my job, but I hated every single second of it because it just felt so inauthentic and icky to me. So that when I did go um, to Sharfin, I said, I'll do anything you ask me to do. Just don't ever ask me to do sales because it's just not my thing. And you can feel that when something's not a good fit for you, you have like a physical response to it. And I think that that applies to who you learn from as well, because if you're trying to learn from somebody who's just so completely different from you, it's not ever going to feel like a good fit. Hmm. That's so interesting, especially when we're out. I mean, we all buy online courses. We're all in coaching programs. So how do we, without coming, or should we come right out and say, what's your disc profile? Like, what, that might not be a bad question to ask during a sales call, like knowing your own disc profile and knowing, asking whoever you're you're interviewing or inter is interviewing you. Mm -hmm. that, that could be a good question to ask when looking for a coach to make sure that disc, your discs are corresponding. It is, and you can observe disc behaviors. So someone who is a D, for example, is going to be more, um, so Ds and Is are more future focused. They um, are, your Ds are going to have more of a loud voice. Is are going to be more outgoing as well. Ds are gonna be very um, direct and they're gonna have strong eye contact your eyes are going to come across that same way as well. The difference between a D and an I though, is that Ds are going to be more task oriented and talk about things. And they're not going to show a lot of emotion. Whereas if you're dealing with an I, that person is going to talk about people. They're going to be very animated. They're going to show a lot of emotion and more than likely, they're going to just make you feel super comfortable and like they're your best friend because that's just naturally how they are. Mm -hmm. If you're dealing with somebody who is a C or a S, they're going to be more reserved. They're going to be more thinking about um, the present or the past versus the future. They're going to be very calm. They're going to have a quiet voice. They may not have as strong of eye contact. It doesn't mean that they can't have eye contact. They're just not as direct as a, as a D or an I. And then um, S's are also going to be very um, people oriented and um, show emotion more easily than a C would because C's are very focused on facts and details. Mm. I'll link to the, to your, because you, you've you explored each one of these in depth on your podcast, correct? Uh-huh, I have. So 
I'll have links in the show notes to those episodes. So we won't go in, in deep into each one of those uh, mm-hmm. uh, primary disc, um, disc profiles. But uh, in case you're wondering out there, I am a super high D, like ridiculously high. And if I remember correctly, were you SCI or it was some kind of very, some kind of mixture? I am. That, right? I'm an, I'm an S, SCI, which means that it's a weird profile. And, and this, let me go back a step. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy to say that somebody is just a D or that somebody is just an I because most people are not just one of the profiles. Most of us are a blend, which is how one D can show up a little differently than another D. So a DI is going to show up differently than say a DC. Um, you know, it just it's it, because it's the combination. And so for me, my type is an SCI. So that means that on the disc profile, there's a 50% line. And for me, the S to C and the I are all above the 50% line. My S is a 99. I mean, you can't get much higher. My D is a 10. So my D is really, really low. But I have had people in my life tell me that I act like a D or that I come across that way. But that's because as an SCI, it's called a false D, which means I can act like a D if I know what the rules are. So I do really good with frameworks or rules or policies, but if it's something where someone gives me something and just says, here, come up with this, it's a challenge for me because I, I, I like to have something tangible to pull from. So I know what the rules are. Hmm. That's really interesting. Oh, we'll, we'll go too far down that rabbit hole if we keep going, but <laughs> so, um, so this is not only really useful in understanding ourselves, under, but also understanding the people around us, right? And understanding what what kind of motivations that they have and the way their behavior shows up. Like, so how 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 have you used this when working with other people, when working within a team, and like what kind of quick wins can can the listeners get? Oh my gosh, I use it in all areas of my life. I've used it in work. I've used it in my marriage. I've used it with my kids. Um, you know, one of my children is very much a high D and I can tell that when I start talking to him about any, how I feel about something, it's just like, I'm going to get this eye roll and, and I have to remind myself, I just need to give him the facts. Like the more direct that I can be with him, the the more likely he he will receive the information. Um, my other son is probably a high C. Um, So again, he needs details and facts as well, but he needs a lot of details and facts, whereas the other one's like, just give me the vital information. So I, it helps in, especially when I'm wanting them to do something or trying to get something across to them to know how to tailor it in that way. In, in a work environment, it's helped me as a leader, because when I am in a managerial position, if I know what the disc profile is of the person that I'm working, you know, working with, I know how to communicate with that person to get better results. Same thing if I'm in a situation where I have someone that I'm reporting to, if I know what that person's disc profile is, and let's say there's a particular situation where someone shows up themselves very triggered, it it empowers me to sit back and go, okay, I know this person is a high D and I know this is how they communicate. And I know that I'm a high S and that I'm going to feel very uncomfortable with this because we communicate differently. It just makes it a lot easier to get through something that could otherwise be ambiguous or difficult. Mm. 
Absolutely. And just from my own personal life, or professional life, I should say, as the operator, like what Deanna was saying, I knew exactly what my CEO needed to make a decision. I knew what kind of information he needed, and he knew what kind of information I needed. So it really helps shorten the span between idea to bang. Like you, you, you know exactly what they need, and that just makes the working relationships so much easier because they're leaning into everyone's unique personality footprint, right? Absolutely. And it, I don't want to say it's manipulative. That's not the right word, but again, if, so if, if I'm, if I'm in a situation where I'm having conflict with somebody who's a high C and I get emotional, or I start talking about how I'm feeling, I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling this, they are not going to give two, <laughs> two hoots about my feelings. They want to know what's the data around the situation. Okay. So for example, I'm feeling overwhelmed because you know, this project is due tomorrow, but I have all of these other things to do. So I'm, I'm getting into my feelings and I'm feeling overwhelmed and I don't know where to start. Well, the fact of the matter is this project's due tomorrow. These five other things have to be done. Which one do you want me to not do today so that I can get the project done on time? <laughs> you know, it's a completely yeah. different way of communicating than if I go in and just say, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. Right. I get a better result too, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And same with me, you know, as somebody who's a high S, if I'm dealing with somebody who's a, a high D and they come in and they're just, you know, accusatory or pointing fingers or, you know, being um, critical or making me feel unsafe, mm. I will, I will shut down. And the thing about S's is we can be really passive aggressive. <laughs> we may not like conflict, but we're really good at just holding things back and being passive aggressive. And so that's important for a D to know when dealing with a high S. You you don't you want to make that S feel safe because they 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 struggle when it comes to change. And if you make someone feel unsafe then they're they're not going to be as responsive as if you explain to them what's going on. This is where we are. This is why we need to do what we need to do. Right, right. And are there any personality types that are like oil and water? Like do not mix these two, they won't mix. Or is it more just knowing each other so you can be more adaptive? I think it's more knowing each other so you can be more adaptive. Um, I think that when you understand, first of all, that that everybody's different and different doesn't mean bad, it just means different. And that everyone also has their greatest fear. So everybody's coming from this place of, well, are you trying to take advantage of me? Or am I going to lose your approval? Or am I going to be wrong? Or am I not a valuable member of the team? Those are very different fears, but when we know how to make people safe so that those fears aren't triggered, then it makes it a lot easier to have conversations. Um, with that said, I would say to you that D's and S's are probably more polar opposite than any other two. And then C, C's and I's because C's are very reserved and I's are not. <laughs> right. C's are very detail oriented. I's are not, you know, so there's, there's little annoyances that can happen there. But when you understand where people are coming from 
And you're also making sure that you have the right people in the right role, then mm. it makes everything run a lot more smoothly. Gotcha. So listeners out there, if you have a team, um, I know Deanna, I'll ask Deanna in a second, but I would absolutely recommend get everyone, get get their disc profile, have them take it, say, guys, this is not a test. It's just, uh, let's just get everyone's baseline. Um, how soon in the process would would you recommend that we get someone's disc profile like in the hiring process after they're already on the team or like how early do we want to get that? I would absolutely make sure that in hiring, you look at disc profiles because I've been in a lot of interview situations where you're interviewing a candidate and you're like, gosh, I really like her. I really like her. And it's like, well, yeah, you, you really like her because she's a high eye and you're going to like her because she's a high eye. But this position is one that requires a lot of attention to detail and her disc profile is not showing that that's a strength. So you might really like her, but you're setting her up to fail because she doesn't match her, her, her skill set, her natural skill set and her behavioral patterns don't match the position. And that's not an indictment of that person. It's just that you, you want to set your team and you want to set the person up to win, because if you don't set the person up to win, then they're not going to be engaged. They're going to be dissatisfied. I just saw a statistic today that Gallup said that 51% of team members are actively looking for new jobs or paying attention to job postings. That means wow. half the people on your team are looking to quit. <laughs> if you're not actively finding ways to build team culture and engagement by understanding the people that are on your team and providing them opportunities to, to work in their strengths. Oh my God, 51%. That's incredible. It's shocking. It is, especially, and it, you know, think about the economy today is it's easier than ever to leave your job and find a new job, especially for mm -hmm. us in the information space here, it's you can find a remote job tomorrow if you're really wanting to. Right. All, but it, it's there. important for those people to understand too, why are you dissatisfied? So it's 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 twofold, right? As a as an employee, why am I dissatisfied? What is it that this job is asking me to do that is making me uncomfortable? It's not that I don't want to work. I just don't like this work. I don't, I have this pit in my stomach every day when I get up and log into the computer or walk through the door. What is it that's causing that physical response in you? Because that's that's a major red flag that what you're being asked to do is not congruent with who you are. And mm -hmm. then um, as, a, as a manager or a CEO or you know department lead or whatever the case might be, truly understanding the people on your team, what their talents are with the, the disc, and then what their motivations are with the Enneagram, you can really make sure that you are providing opportunities for growth or make, getting people in the right positions. Absolutely. That's what I love so much about you, Deanna. It's not only like what's best for the team, what's best for the company, but really what's best for that person, like making sure we're serving them right. And we're putting them in places to succeed so they can knock it out of the park. Cause it's, you're mm -hmm. right. It's not a personal indictment. It's just, this just isn't for you, but something else will be. And it's, I tell people all the time, like, I don't care what business you're in, you're in the people business first. And if you don't mm -hmm. treat it that way, it's going to bite you in the butt eventually. Mm -hmm. 
might be down absolutely. the road, but it will eventually. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if you are, if you're running a business, you know, let's be honest, a lot of people start businesses or go into entrepreneurship because they don't want to work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. But then what do you, what do you become? You become the person that people work for. So then you right. have to turn around and provide those very same structures that you didn't want to work in, in order for people to be able to show up and be successful and support you in the way that you deserve to be supported. Right. <laughs> I just, I just had a strategy call the other day with someone who's like, we were talking about just this, like building a team and hiring out. It's mm -hmm. like, well, I've done that before and it just didn't work. No one's as good as me. I was like, well, maybe the problem's you, mm -hmm. buddy. Like, have you ever thought, and needless to say, Deanna, the call did not go well, but that's okay. I'm sure. Yeah, that's fine. Well, because not everybody has self-awareness and right. You know, there are a lot of studies out right now that speak to the importance of both self-awareness and empathy as leadership skills. Mm -hmm. And those yeah. are both things that can make people feel uncomfortable because when you talk about self-awareness, it's not just being aware of what you're good at, but it's also being aware of what your blind spots are and what your weaknesses are and where you need support. Absolutely. Oh my. So when we know that about ourselves, when we know the areas that we are vulnerable to and where we do need support, like, like what, what, what do you recommend to people just come right out and say it or just like, or how, how do we communicate that to the people around us? Absolutely. I've done that in the past where I've been given something to do. And I've just said, Hey, li listen, I really want to do a good job at this, but can you give me a couple of examples of what it is that you're looking for? It doesn't mean that I'm going to copy the example. It just means that it'll give me something to anchor my thinking to so that I can do this in a way that makes everybody, you know, everybody happy. Um, or saying, okay, this, this is a difficult situation as an, as a high S and a C as well. Um, I need time. So if there's, if I'm having to make a decision and somebody puts me on the spot, I'm probably just going to be like, it, whatever you want, that's fine. Because I need time to think through things and let it marinate so that I can make sure that I'm making the best decision. So mm -hmm. if I'm working with someone who is more like, well, let's just do it. We need to do this. Let's get at, let's, let's get it done. Um, we need to accomplish this now. I, I have to be able to say, okay, I, I agree with you that this is really important, but because it's important, I need a little bit of time to think through things so that I can make sure that I formulate my answer in a way that's respectful of the decision. Mm. That's so cool. And as leaders, it's what, one thing I really love that I've learned is great. I operate this way. I think this way, who cares, right? If I'm working on a team, it's really about building those structures. So it can be conducive to everyone. And it's not about me. It's not about any of us. It's about the organization, the health of the organization. And when you have a team that's lined up and firing on all cylinders with everyone's unique superpowers, that's how you start blowing things up and just going to this mm -hmm. new level. But it's mm -hmm. it, it's so hard for us to be empathetic, guys, but you have to be, okay? We are in the people business first, period. And so tap into that inner empathy, be uncomfortable with it, 
But you know what? You know what I found, Deanna, is the things that make me uncomfortable every day, and I write them down every day, what made me uncomfortable yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's in those areas of discomfort that I find the greatest growth. Those Mm -hmm. are the things I need to work on. So Mm -hmm. it's never-ending self-development. I love that so much. Absolutely. And and I just want to acknowledge that as somebody, you know, as a high D, empathy is not something that comes natural to a high D. And it's going, it it does require that level of self-awareness to be able to step back and go, okay, empathy doesn't mean that I have to feel what somebody else is feeling. Empathy means that you have to put the effort into understanding that someone else can look at things differently than you do and that that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So good. Love it so much. And I do, I do have to brag up Deanna here because we, we, I I've always used this. Well, not always last couple of years, mm-hmm. I've been using disc assessments in the hiring process. And it's something that I teach as well. Um, and I was at one point going to hire a, uh, an assistant for for myself and this person's <laughs> application came across and I loved her. She was great. And I'm like, Oh, I could nerd out with you all day. And, but she had a high eye mm-hmm. and yeah, it's like, do not hire her, Adam. She will drive you crazy. And so I did it. And so instead she became a student in our program and she drove me crazy there. So Deanna <laughs> was absolutely right. Like these things are natural there. There's, it's just part of it. And um, so I, that's why we use it in the hiring process. It, it tells mm-hmm. us a whole lot, not about the person themselves, but about the person's fit to the role. That's the important thing to divorce yourself of that in your mind of like, oh, this person's this crazy person. Nope, they're not a crazy person. They're just not the type of person we need for that role. Yes, yes. Because, you know, as a high S, I could argue that you high Ds are the crazy ones. (laughs) Oh, we are, we are. But crazy, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, you can- you could say that about any of the types. It's like a high C could say that we, you know, we high S's are the crazy ones because we're emotional or, you know, it's like, we all, we all have our, have our things, you know? Um, And, but to me, it's fascinating to be able to read people in that way. And, And it really, I'm not kidding when I say it becomes a superpower, the number of times that I've had conversations with people and they're like, how do you know that? And I'm like, I just observed you. <laughs> or someone, someone that tells you their personality type, you're like, yeah, I know. I got mm-hmm. that. I already figured that out. I don't know why you told me. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, like I can, think, ago. I can <laughs> think about conversations that I've had with you in the past where I would say something and I could just see it on your face like, huh, well, I'm going to need to think about that because that's correct. <laughs> I'll have an answer for you tomorrow <laughs> after I go for a walk and think about this and maybe shoot some guns or something. <laughs> My mind's on rifles right now. It's it, deer season started today uh, here in Ohio. So yes, I'll be out there later today. So. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, so good. And I will put resources in, in the show notes here. Uh, if you haven't done this, stuff yet to get your disc profile to get your anagram these are great tools to have not only for yourself but especially for your team when you're leading people just understanding their motivation understanding their natural tendencies and be able to lean into them it makes like team leading i think we we over emphasize what it means to be a leader 
but a, mm-hmm. a leader, it's it's not difficult once we put the right pieces in place and start actually listening to people, understanding people, having that bit of empathy. And again, like like Deanna said, empathy is not empathy is just understanding why, you know, mm-hmm. and and getting to that root cause. And it's so funny. <laughs> Someone once told me, like Adam, I'm so happy that you created a safe space for me. And when he said that. Or then I, I reflected on that comment and I said, man, six years ago, Sergeant First Class Liette would have kicked this Adam's ass for someone saying that about myself. But, you know, that's that's funny. And that's, that's part of the wonderful growth curve that we go on. Just all about building the best version of ourselves, Deanna. And, mm-hmm. and, and we we talked about this in the pre-interview. A lot of, like, a lot of these tools can be used for our own development and uh, to develop our next steps and, and become the best version of ourselves. And so what, what experiences have you had with that? Well, I, so my, my Enneagram type is a nine, which means that I can see all of the perspectives of all of the other types of the Enneagram, which is great, but it can also be overwhelming. And I'm always trying to learn and continually learn. And so I am always reading and I'm always looking for ways to be better. Um, A quote that I really try to live by is if you stop being better, then you stop being good. And it's not this idea that like there's this destination of perfection or anything like that, but it's just this continual willingness to learn every day and think about how you can apply that to your life. Because I don't, I don't view leadership as positional. Because if you think about people that you have worked with, or that you have known who have, and I'm going to use air quotes, leadership positions, some of them Okay. I don't know if your show is explicit or not. So some of them are, okay. Some of them are just assholes. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, just because you have a title, it doesn't equip you to lead. So leadership is relational. Leadership is your ability to show up and connect with the people around you. Leadership Mm -hmm. is not dictating to somebody. You must do this. You need to do this. You have to do this. Leadership is coaching people to success. It is seeing things in people that they may not see in themselves and digging in and helping them bring that out. That's what leadership is. It's, it's, Mm. it's not do as I say, it's not, you know, I'm sitting in this chair. So you have to listen to what I'm telling you it's here, come sit beside me and let's do this together. Absolutely. (laughs) So you're not a fan of military leadership, Deanna. Oh God, no. No. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast, Adam. That's a whole other (laughs) podcast. Absolutely. (laughs) I find it interesting because I'm I'm still a reservist. So when I go to reserve duty, I have to put on that leadership hat Mm -hmm. and then come back to the the real world. And it's a different hat that I have to wear because Mm -hmm. it's such a different mode, a different model. And Mm The thing is, it's 
Uh, well, I much I much prefer the latter. Let me just say that. Mm-hmm. But it becomes kind of addicting too when you when you start to realize and you start to see how you can help everyone around you and start to build that 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 support and that love and that structure and that it becomes a very real organic thing mm-hmm. on a team when when everyone is becoming their best selves and enabling each other instead of mm-hmm. dictating. Which I don't know about y'all. I I even though I'm a high, I don't like confrontation. I don't like yelling at people. It make it eats me up inside. If that, if this all eats you up inside and the thought of leading a team goes, Oh, I don't want to do this because it requires this. No, it doesn't guys. And that's, what's great about these tools is they let us be ourselves. They let us be our best selves mm-hmm. and let everyone else be their best selves. And it's, this is, yeah, I've, I've seen so much good things happen when we do start with this self-awareness. Oh, now, now I want to go read some more and learn some more. <laughs> if someone's just getting started with this, Deanna, do you have any tips for them or any ways to make this a shortcut? It's obviously a, you can, you can go full deep and wide on it, but like, what are some of the quick wins we can get? Well, I think that, I mean, the, the podcast series that I did on the different types, I think is super helpful because it gives a high overview of each type. I think that everything, if, if somebody's just getting started, you really have to start with yourself. You have to look at your own profile first and get to know your own profile and observe how that shows up for you in the world before you can really start to understand what it could mean for somebody else. The Mm -hmm. disc profiles that, that I offer are, um, I have one that's an entrepreneurial report. I have a, um, career report that I can do just a regular report. And then I've got a, um, one that can be used for hiring and then also a team report. So if someone has everyone on their team, take the report, then the team report correlates all of that and lets you know, like, this is your team's overall style. And this is how this is showing up for your team. These are some ways that you could improve communication. These are opportunities for growth because just like every individual has blind spots, teams have blind spots as well. Because if you, for example, have a team where there's a leadership team and you have, let's, we'll just pull a bunch of C's out of the air. Let's say you have three C's and you have one D, it's it's out of balance, right? Those three right. C's and those, those facts and details and introversion and listening are going to conflict with that person who's a high D who just wants to like, just, okay, you have the information, just do it. What is the problem? Why can we not just get this done? And so when you're, you're aware of that, it can be really eye-opening and you go, oh, that's, that's where this continual communication challenge that we have is coming from. It's because we have so many that are this type and only one of us that are this type. Or likewise, if you have a team where you've got, you know, in leadership, you've got several Ds and you've got, let's say an S and an I, well, the S and the I are going to be like, oh, <laughs> what kind of conflict is going to happen today? Because <laughs> what do I need to be prepared to be uncomfortable about? Because that's just how it is. And mm-hmm. it just, it, it brings awareness when you can see what the the team complexion looks like as well. Oh wow! I didn't, I wasn't aware that 
you could do team reports of mm-hmm. and, and see like the team's personality itself. Mm-hmm. Now I'm super curious. And those are all available on your site, correct? Uh, if someone wants to email me, because uh, the way that it works is there are codes. And so I have to purchase the codes and then assign those codes to people. So gotcha. if someone was interested in that, they could just email me at hello at leadingbytype.com and I can get somebody set up with the codes that you need and the particular report style that you want as well. Absolutely. And and you can get there are like free, like kind kind of free reports out there. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that much money to get a team report. It's not that money to get your full detailed disc report. It really isn't. And it tells you so much more details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and these are I've like done 27 higher, page yeah. reports. Yeah. They, they're just tremendous in terms of the amount of information that they provide. Absolutely. And what I've done in hiring is... Like everyone who applies does their disc and they'll print, they'll give me the free version. And then Mm -hmm. if we're moving forward in the actual interview, then I'll have them do the paid version Mm because then then I want to see the more in-depth one. But you get a free version up front, then maybe purchase it a little down the line because the system's kind of, it saves it in the system, right? Mm -hmm. And so I actually have someone right now that I work with where they use the disc profiles that I have. So the Maxwell leadership team, partnered with a company called People Keys. And so People Keys is the are the ones who developed the disc profiles for the Maxwell leadership team. Um, but they work with me. So when they're hiring and they have that person that they're thinking about moving to the next step, they have them do one of the disc reports. And so I just give them the disc profiles at cost. So they're $47 for me and I charge $50 just to cover processing fees. Um, right. And it's been really helpful for them because the the neat thing about the report that I use is that it shows you like these disc reports that have like pie graphs and things that they don't work for, they just aren't the same. The ones mm-hmm. that we use, that shows you three things. It shows you somebody's natural style, somebody's adapted style, and then their mirror. So natural is how somebody's going to act in a stressful situation. It's just kind of like how you're naturally hardwired. There can be a difference between the natural and the adapted because adapted is how you've learned to behave when you think you're being observed. You know, we always, some of us are always a little bit more on our best behavior when we think that we're being watched. But then the mirror is how we view ourselves. So if Mm. there's a disconnect between the natural and the mirror, there's something going on there with that person that's worth looking into. And likewise, someone's um, adaptive might show that they're a good fit for the position, but their natural could show otherwise. And it might be, and that's important because, you know, under general circumstances, they might be fine, but if things ever get really stressful, you need to know that people revert back to that natural style. So you might have someone at work who seems like totally fine. And then something happens. You're like, oh my goodness, what happened there? It's because they're being stretched and that natural style is coming out and they're reacting differently. Oh my gosh. I just learned something about myself here. Because <laughs> uh, my, my 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 adaptive is high, um, still high D, but my C goes through the roof. Like uh, it's almost on parity with my D. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, when, when rubber meets the road and we're in a crisis mode, I just, I just realized, oh, I completely abandoned all of that and just went into action. Let's do stuff, you know? Well, in DC, it's funny, right? It's because it's like, I'm going to tell you what to do. And then I'm going to tell you exactly how you need to do it. <laughs> and if you disagree, you're wrong. Exactly. And I will tell you the number of ways that you were wrong. I have, <laughs> I have thought this out. I have many bullet points on why you are wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so cool. Fantastic. Well, I we're coming up on, on an hour, Deanna. I do want to be respectful of your time. Do you have any uh, final thoughts before we wrap things up here today or any, any last words of wisdom? No, I just want to say thank you. And, and, and I would say to those of you that are listening that I know that you're in good hands with Adam and that really regardless of your position or your role, the most important thing that you can do is start with yourself because leadership starts with self-awareness. And if you can do that, you'll automatically show up better, a better version mm -hmm. of yourself for the, all the people in your life, not just the people that you work with, but the people that you live with and the people that you love. So good. I love it. Never ending personal development because personal development leads to professional development, but you're right. It all starts with the person when we figure that out, when we start taking care of ourselves, developing ourselves as the person, it just bleeds into everything else we're doing. And it becomes so wonderful and addicting, to be honest. Now. <laughs> Personal development is professional development. Let's dispel yes. any, any notion that it's not. Let's get yes. that out of the way. So Deanna, thank you so much. It's big shout out. And um, if you do check out Deanna, I, I mean it when I say this stuff has been absolutely life changing for me. I became a much better version of myself. I found a lot of blind spots, a lot of pain points that I've been hiding, even from myself. And it, it came from working with Deanna because I, I just can't thank you enough for all the work that you've done for me personally. But everyone that everyone that meets you is a better person for it. So Aww. thank you for all you're doing in the world. And Check out Deanna, check out her podcast, guys, and you will not be disappointed. And thank you so much, Deanna. It's been an absolute pleasure reconnecting. Thank you. Hey, before you bounce out of here, I have a free strategy session available exclusively for my podcast audience. In this 30-minute phone call, we'll unveil the immediate steps you can take to operationalize your business and put you back in the driver's seat. Just go to www.adamliette.com and click start here.